You've read or heard or preached the scripture this week. Now what? Join me, Pastor Carissa, and my colleague, Pastor Alan, as we explore the spaces between the Sundays in our podcast, Soft Idolatry. Hello and welcome to Soft Idolatry Season 5, Episode 3 in our Big Church Words series. Carissa, how's it going? What's our Big Church Word today? Uh, It's going pretty well. Actually, uh, quick diversion, my years in youth ministry have trained me to like when I hear you say our Big Church Words series, I kind of want to yell, Church Words! Big Church Words! Or something like that. That's just... um, I've been on a long and winding trail to get here, Alan, <laughs> from, and the youth ministry still hasn't completely shaken out of my bones. Um, our big church word today is paraclete. There are some words we need to use to get to that. Uh, one that some of you might hear is pneumatology, which is just a big word for theology about the Holy Spirit. Well, really, it's a big word for words about the Holy Spirit. It really is. It really is. And that's where we're going today is we're going to talk about some of those words about the Holy Spirit. Yes. Pneumatology is a combination of pneuma, meaning spirit, and logos, meaning words, or logoi, meaning words. Spirit words. Spirit words. Um, Word up. Word up. Yep. That's the one. That's what I was looking for before with the youth ministry call uh, Word up. <laughs> Church words. Word up. Yes, that's, that's the how we're code gonna start. word. Yeah, that's how <laughs> we're going to start the next episode. Um, yeah, so things are a little bit chaotic in my world right now. And I think that that's appropriate during a discussion of, of the, the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, this coming Sunday is Pentecost which is the day on which we celebrate the movement of the Holy Spirit among the earliest gathering of believers in Jerusalem. And the Holy Spirit is a wild and chaotic thing. It is sometimes represented as a wild goose, uh, which, which disrupts things in a wonderful, sacred, and sometimes mischievous way. So... Speaking of wonderful disruptions, what's what's your wonderful disruption, Carissa? Yeah, well, that silly goose, the Holy Spirit, um, has dropped a, a change of um, specific call on my life. It's a call is a big word we haven't talked about yet in this in this series, but church people, especially professional church people, like to use that word to talk about the place where God is using us, where we are, are serving. Um, and so you, know, you might have a call to ministry, broadly speaking, and then maybe a call to ordained preaching and teaching. And then um, there are specific calls within that, different churches, different types of churches. Um, you look well, about ready to say something. I sure am, because <laughs> this leads into our other church word, Paraclete, which um, is probably not familiar to a lot of people who haven't been to seminary. And if it is familiar to you, you were either raised in an evangelical tradition that loves to throw paraclete around, or you are more familiar with some older translations of the Bible when this is used in uh, 
the Gospel of John in chapter 15, when Jesus describes the Holy Spirit to the disciples, who will, in a little while, become the apostles. And paraclete is, like pneumatology, it's a Greek word. Uh, unlike pneumatology, paraclete actually appears in the scripture. And it is a combination of the words para, which means alongside of, and kaletos, which means to call out. So um, para, you might have heard paramedic, paraolympics, paramilitary. Those are all things alongside of. Uh, kaletos, of course, doesn't make it into English in that same way, but this is to call out. So the Jesus in the Gospel of John describes the Holy Spirit as the paraclete or the advocate who calls things out, calls people out, calls us to action. Yeah, and it's a um, it's a continual active kind of word too. It's not a one and done like you're you're called out once by the Spirit and that puts you on the path. Um, you are constantly called out by the Spirit, friends, no matter if you're in vocational or professional uh, ministry or lay ministry, the Holy Spirit is constantly calling us out. This is actually something I preach an awful lot, like be prepared for the unexpected, surprising movement of the Holy Spirit, who is always walking alongside us and sometimes pushing us off a cliff we weren't ready to jump. And... Um, and now, you know, right now I'm in a, one of those times where I need to practice what I preach and <laughs> jump into this unexpected shift. I'm not going to be shifting to another church, actually. I'm going to be uh, taking on chaplaincy, directing the chaplaincy department at our, our local county jail through an organization called the Foundation of Hope, which is um, a phenomenal ministry I've been involved with for a number of years that is working for... Um, uh, reconciliation, um, healing, um, compassion for those who are incarcerated or who have been formally incarcerated. Um, it's just one of the most powerful programs I've seen. Um, huge drops in recidivism for participants who've gone through these these programs with this organization. And so it's it's both a huge honor and like a ministry dream come true for me to be going to jail every day, as crazy as that sounds in some ways. This is, um, but it's also kind of an intimidating thing to be moving into. What, why ever would that be intimidating, Carissa? Uh, believe it or not, not because I have to go into the jail every day. That does, I've been there hundreds of times. That doesn't actually scare me at all. Um, but it's a big, it's a big job. I'll be supervising a bunch of other folks and, um, you know, basically, I don't want to screw it up. <laughs> that's really the that's the intimidating part for me, I think. Um, but it's also um, as terrifying as it is when the paraclete says jump. Um, there there is often this piece that comes along with it, too, in the midst of that whirlwind. Right. Um, in Acts, we see the spirit described as a rushing wind, as tongues of flame and my, my sermon title this week is actually going to be, is it hot in here? 
Because <laughs> um, the tongues of flame didn't burn the people they landed on, but it doesn't mm-hmm. say they didn't feel the heat. And so I like to think mm. they felt the heat. <laughs> they just didn't get burned. Like that couldn't have been comfortable to have this, this flames just hanging out by you. Well, now, now I've got uh, bad 80s pop music running through my head. You're welcome. At least I didn't mention white doves. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm hearing feel the heat pushing you to the yeah. side. Yeah. <laughs> Little uh, power station, I believe that was. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's where the Holy Spirit has, has pushed me. And it's not always that dramatic, right? I'm sure we can think of stories of when the paraclete has moved us in less dramatic ways in fact i think flexing those muscles on a daily basis help us to know when it's the spirit moving us in the bigger times i think really any of us who are second career pastors or later in life entrance into ordained ministry have dealt with this we talk a lot about the calling of the still small voice Mm -hmm. and that's also a paraclete sort of experience. Um, so I think anybody uh, anybody who went to seminary more than five or six years after undergrad or uh, in the case of one of our friends, didn't go to undergrad until she was in her 50s and then went straight into seminary. <laughs> you know, it, it can be... Um, a very strange journey, um, as, as Jerry Garcia said, a long, strange trip. But, um, it, you know, she was somebody who did go technically to seminary right after undergrad. But I, I, think, she, I think our friend Jean was 55 when she started undergrad. Yeah, I love her. Yeah. Um... Yeah, or, or, you know, there's people like me who kind of knew that the step after undergrad was seminary and didn't want to do it, and so spent 14 years to get there. I technically went to seminary right after I finished my undergrad as well. I just dropped out of college three times <laughs> before <laughs> I got around to finishing. So, yeah, the the spirit can, can work and move it at surprising times and in surprising ways, and we can fight that <laughs> pretty hard sometimes. Oh, yes. And that is also an uncomfortable position to be in as well. Yeah, no, no doubt. Um, and, and, you know, another common experience of the paraclete is coming back to worship, coming mm-hmm. back to church. Uh, I, I was speaking last week with a gentleman in my congregation who had been absent from church since he was a kid and you know in his mid or yeah probably mid 30s you know he just um woke up one sunday morning and said something is missing i need to find a church and um the only church he could think of happens to be the church that i now serve and uh you know thankfully it is a magnificent piece of architecture and it is very memorable when I when I meet people in this town and I tell them I'm a pastor and they say which church, the 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 first words out of their mouth are oh that beautiful brownstone on Main Street, and it's a gorgeous building. Uh, 
<laughs> so, you know, it's it's not one of these um, new uh, cement and cinder block kind of things that could be a Walmart if uh, if you didn't see the cross on it. Yeah. I think that's a great example of what I was talking about a little bit ago, too, of sometimes it's small decisions, right? Just going to church on a Sunday morning when you haven't been there for a while, that can be difficult to do. I'm not, I don't want to downplay that, but it's, um, it's not a decision that you wake up going, I'm going to change my entire life today. It's just, eh, I'm going to go check out that church. Um, and for some people, there's some healing of trauma that needs to happen there, but it's it's a less dramatic story, but no less beautiful. Right. And, and in fact, it's only a dramatic change after years of living that change. Yes. You yeah. know, there are plenty of people who come to church once and, you know, think about going back, but never actually do. Yeah. Yeah. If, if I had a dollar for every time a buddy of mine in the cigar shop said, oh, yeah, I'm going to come come and hear you preach sometime. <laughs> yeah, I've heard you know, that one before, pal. Yeah. I, I might have 30 or 40 bucks that I don't have right now. You know, that's <laughs> been one. I, I will tell you this, though. That's been one fascinating thing about, about COVID and stuff going more online is that people who've been saying that to me for years, oh, I'm going to come hear you preach sometime, have actually done that now yes <laughs> um, yes i can i can i i can vouch for that story <laughs> yeah so so hear me church people those of you who think that you're not gonna keep needing to live stream or record your services after you're back in person oh you do oh Thank you again. do because all those people that have been telling you they're gonna check out your church and they're like yeah Thank i'll go again. to church with you some sunday they might have this past year they might, they might, and, and in fact, one of my, one of my buddies from the cigar shop back in Western Pennsylvania, uh, who is Presbyterian though, is usually on a golf course on a Sunday morning, kept saying to me, "I'm going to come hear you preach. I'm going to come hear you preach," and I, I always just took it as a form of flattery you know, hey, I really like you and and I want you to know that I like you, that I want to do this thing, even if it didn't actually happen. And, you know, then after the pandemic, <laughs> hey, I've been watching you online. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I think it's, and that's that's the other thing too. Sometimes we don't realize what the spirit is doing until after it's been done. And that I've experienced a lot of that, and I'm sure others have too, during this this past year. So I, I don't know if I mentioned this, but this Sunday is the first Sunday back in the sanctuaries for my congregations on Pentecost. What a oh, brilliant wow. day to be back there again. Wow. Um, and um, it's just crazy. So that's why I'm talking about the pandemic as if it was in the past. It's solidly not in the past with everything that's going on in India and other, other places, but at least in the U S we're in a pretty stable place right now and go get vaccinated folks. That's my, my weekly pitch. Uh, let's stay stable here. But, um, it, it's really interesting reflecting back and looking at the ways that the spirit moved over this year. And it's one thing to say in March of 2020, well, God's going to get us through this and the spirit can work through anything. 
It's another thing to reflect on it in May of 2021 and be able to point out the ways that the spirit was at work, that God was coming alongside of us and calling us out to do new things that we wouldn't have done otherwise. I think sometimes the spirit will absolutely like kick us solidly in the pants to get us to start moving when we have to. (laughs) And that, that definitely happened a lot this year. Definitely. I don't know. I think we might have actually thoroughly, effectively defined paraclete. I, I think that we did in a, in a rambly sort of way. Uh, I know we talked about this earlier off air, but um, I, I find it so frustrating how little we give in not, I, I don't want to say Protestant church, whole stop but mainline and definitely Presbyterian definitely Mm -hmm. Presbyterian because there's lots of Pentecostal and evangelical churches that give a lot of weight to the Holy Spirit um in some ways that that honestly make me uncomfortable but that's for another that's another podcast for another day or possibly a conversation with my therapist but um (laughs) I no I, I I do think you're right though because if you haven't either had that direct powerful experience of the holy spirit or come to study it it sounds really weird when people who come out of those holiness traditions who have all sorts of words for the movement of the holy spirit when they come at you with those words it can be a little bit frightening which on some levels is appropriate and and not just because oh they're crazy and and for you folks listening you know put some scare quotes around they're crazy I, i'm not going to uh dismiss all of the evangelicals and pentecostals mm-hmm. and such um but i know that i had uh, a great aunt when i was growing up who you know listened uh, watched pat robertson every day went to a non-denominational church and she was always talking about the spirit and it was a little frightening not in a good and holy way but in a holy roller kind of way and uh it gave an incentive for me to avoid conversation um a quote that a friend shared with me this past week as um I've been feeling a lot of feelings. This it's this all happened very quickly. <laughs> this this big shift in uh, not just like physical location of where my my job is. Um, it's so weird to call it a job, but it is. Um, but like this shift in in direction in in momentum for me. Um, and so one of my friends shared a quote that said um, something about the things that um, both excite us and scare the hell out of us are exactly the things we should be doing. <laughs> and I was mm. like, that's so, so on point. And I think that that's the kind of fear that we should have of the Holy Spirit's movement. Not a scared fear, but a, a um, reverent fear and a fear that yeah. is also like it's exciting fear. It's mm-hmm. like, I know not everybody loves being on stage, but I do. It's like stage fright. Like stage fright for me is good fear. It That's like what gets me out there. 
And that's kind of what this feels like, is like a massive case of stage fright, which is how I know it's the Holy Spirit moving in my life right now. And it feels different for everybody. I have a, a friend from Bible study ages ago who used to say, you know, when you're knower, um, which is, is another interesting way of, of looking at it. But I think in the Reformed tradition, especially, um, we, um, if we want to put this in a comic book television analogy, um, which I love to do, um, we see the Trinity often as like Batman, right? So you've got Batman, which is God the Father, like the main show, the scary one. You've got Robin, Jesus, who's like the friendly, adorable sidekick. And then you've got Batgirl, the Holy Spirit, who shows up every once in a great while, maybe once a season, when it's convenient for the plot. And that's sort of how we write the story of the Trinity in the reformed tradition often, or at least when it, it plays out in our Presbyterian churches. Am I wrong? Let, let, let me, let me dig my face out of my palm. <laughs> this. This <is> like... <laughs> so, so, um, I just want to wear my red stole more often than once a year. <laughs> uh, I, I, I do agree that, uh, liturgically, we only trot out the Holy Spirit uh, every once in a while. I, I think it's incumbent on all of us to talk about it more and show it more, to, to bring our congregations into, uh, into the knowledge and into the verbs of the Holy Spirit. You know, one of the problems with how we talk about it, particularly in the mainline traditions, is we talk about the Holy Spirit with nouns and adjectives. Mm -hmm. uh, it's really easy to talk about God and Jesus with nouns and adjectives, but the Holy Spirit is all about the verbs. And this is, um, this is one of those cases where when we don't have the language for it, if somebody else's language for it is scary or foreign, we hide from it. Yeah. We, we trot it out on Pentecost and maybe we have uh, an extra prayer for the spirit on Trinity Sunday or some other such thing. Um, but, you know, it's not traditionally where our preaching has gone mm -hmm. now. That said, I think that there are lots of wonderful opportunities to talk about this in a mainline context. I, I remember uh, I went back to church after, I don't know, being unchurched for 10 or 15 years. And, uh, and, and, and I've told the story of going back and certainly that was a Holy Spirit moment, uh, a paraclete moment. But I remember uh, at one point, you know, a couple of years after I had gone back to church, I, I, I was living outside of Philly when I went back to church. And then maybe a year, year and a half later, I moved back to Pittsburgh and was looking for a church and found a wonderful church in Pittsburgh. And was there for I don't know a year year and a half and then 
all of a sudden, the pastor's sermons just seemed to get even better than they were mm. when I first started going. And it wasn't because she somehow got better as a pastor or as a preacher in that year, year and a half that I was going there. It was that I was more attuned to the movement of the Holy Spirit. I was studying the scriptures more. I was paying attention. And uh, I, can, I can say now that it was a spirit kind of thing. And I got more out of it after the movement of the spirit. And none of that sounds um, sounds weird or sounds like listening to the 700 Club or anything like that. <laughs> oh, the 700 Club. Um, yeah, I think that's really important to, you know, the Holy Spirit can move in wild and surprising and crazy ways. And... Um, the spirit can also move in quiet, tempered ways. That might be one of the most Presbyterian things I've ever said. The spirit can move decently and in order. <laughs> <laughs> but the spirit can move decently and in order, right? Is the, Can the spirit move through mm -hmm. the book of order? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, you know, I don't think that you have to preach extemporaneously or choose your own passage every week you can that's fine there's nothing wrong with that but you don't have to to be preaching in the power of the holy spirit the holy spirit can move through the lectionary and connect that to things that are going on in the community so there's you know we we need to not i i think in some ways when we expect the holy spirit to only make people speak in tongues we've actually made the holy spirit too small Yes, I think that's a wonderful way of putting it, that uh, we, we hear this one particular story from Scripture that we love, and so we shoehorn the Holy Spirit into just that application of the story. And if it doesn't fit that application, then we have to explain it elsewhere, or say that somebody, no, they haven't experienced the Holy Spirit because they didn't speak in tongues or some nonsense like that. Exactly. Yeah. Um, as with all aspects of Christianity, um, it's not our business to decide who is or isn't in or out of heaven or the Holy Spirit or <laughs> um, any of that. Um, we need to let God be big enough to move. You, you never would have made it at the Council of Nicaea, Carissa. Oh, no. No. Partly also because I'm a woman. That, Partly uh, that. That would have, uh, would have had a hard time just getting in at the door. And then once they heard me talk, they would have said, that's why we shouldn't let them in here. <laughs> <laughs> Am I wrong? You know? No. Like, that's two no, face palms in one recording. I, I wish you guys could see the video <laughs> with this. One of these days, we'll put this on a YouTube channel, too, and uh, you can watch the face palms. Every time Alan makes a <laughs> pop music reference, you'll see my face palm or eye roll, and uh, every time I do something like that or, you know, commit heresy. So um, I don't think I've quite committed heresy today. No. Not and on we, the air, which anyway. Is all, not on the air, <laughs> correct. That That is always the great risk when you talk about the Holy Spirit <laughs> to anyone else. It, yes. It, it, 
And it's it's trouble. And next week we get to hit the easy, easy topic of the Trinity. Woohoo! Like that's just <laughs> nice. it's a cakewalk after this. So mm-hmm. yeah. So the Holy Spirit, be afraid, be very afraid, but also um be ready. Be afraid in a good way. Yeah, be afraid in a good way and be ready to go because exciting things happen. And you know, God is God is preparing you for some crazy stuff, my friends. And um the Holy Spirit, following the Spirit is what gets you to the exciting parts. Mm. I think that's uh, I think that's a wrap, Carissa. I think it's time to pray. Would you like to do the Indeed. honors? Sure. Super. Gracious God, who calls us out of our slumber, calls us out of our routines, who calls us out of our ordinary lives to act. We thank you for our call, for our ministries, for the holy mischief that you make in our lives through the calling and power of your Holy Spirit. We ask that you always keep our hearts and minds and eyes and ears open and attentive to the movement of this Spirit so that we can go where you lead without fear, without too much fear, and always with a sense of awe and wonder as we follow your call. We ask all of this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us on Soft Idolatry. For show notes and more information, check out our website at softidolatry.com. To send us questions or comments, you can email us at info at softidolatry.com. And if you'd like to help support this podcast, please become a patron at www.patreon.com slash softidolatry. That's Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.